KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you for the next couple of hours, uh, talking sports with you and localizing it as best as we can here for the next couple of hours. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, we're going to spend five, four or five minutes with Bama Bob. He loves Army-Navy as much as Trent and I do, and... Uh, uh, and besides, I'm going to be having withdrawals from not talking to our friend Bama on Mondays going forward. So we thought we'd find five or six minutes to recap, which was a pretty good game. I don't know. I, I mean, it was, it was okay. Malcolm Perry put on a hell of a show. Did, nothing yeah, else. Yeah. That was unbelievable. Uh, as he had uh, other plans as far as not going out with a win in this series. He just... Trent, that was historic what he did. Uh, the quarterback for Navy just was unstoppable. So we'll spend a few minutes on that. Scott Darkerman at 10.30. I know Iowa is leaving for San Diego. The team is on the 21st, which is Saturday. Uh, I'm not sure when the um, you know practices will start out there and when the local media will be there. Will they be there in advance or waiting? We'll see. We'll find out uh, this week, certainly. So Scott Darkerman at 10.30. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Trent and I will go around the NFL as the NFL moves front and center here to the opening segment in just a couple of minutes after, uh, for the most part, week 15 is uh, fait accompli. So we'll do that with uh, Vinny Iyer and then Dylan Montz from the Ames Tribune. And likewise, we'll get the, uh, the lay of the land as far as Iowa State. They play the 28th. Does it make sense for them to leave on the 22nd? We'll find out if Dylan uh, knows the travel plans for Cyclone football as of yet. Kind of a weird weekend with both Iowa and Iowa State men's basketball taking the week off after after Cyhawk and, of course, finals this week. But uh, it was good to see the Big Ten didn't take the weekend off. There's some good games, Trent, going back to Friday. And I had no idea when we were trying to figure out, you know, we'll watch the UNI James Madison mm-hmm. game. And then after that, well, I was going to go to live PD until I saw some of the Nebraska media talking about get to Big Ten Network now because this was a hell of a basketball game. It really was. A, a shocker because Nebraska in this game. So bad, Trent. They were an 18-point underdog. I know. And then they pick off Ohio, uh, Ohio State yesterday, of all things. Uh, so two games in two days. Look, the bottom, Rutgers. Purdue not, is who they Purdue, Purdue, yeah. right. Ohio State was beat by Minnesota The Gophers yesterday. got them. And they're Easily. another bottom feeder. Yes. Um, so it's continued, right? It's it's home teams are still unbeaten in Big Ten play. So we're, we are heading for everybody's going to finish 10 and 10. If it holds serve. Now, we think there's going to be a road team that <laughs> finds a way to win a game. So Iowa hangs the banner at that, right? I mean, first regular season title since... 1979, you got to hang the banner. Hell yeah, man. It's I, been 41 years. Absolutely. I'm all for it. Um, <laughs> but to just, just crazy. Yeah. Nebraska holds on to beat Purdue, Northwestern, although they didn't play a Big Ten school, but there was some Big Ten action and some good Big Ten action uh, over the weekend. Did you see much of Army Navy? Were you running around with family? Or? No, no. That was, uh, that was at the forefront of things. That was the window that I carved out for Saturday where I said, we got to be in front of the TV. And, and honestly, it's kind of boring. Well, it was fun watching Malcolm Perry, yeah. and as he inch closer, well, I had Navy too. So uh, that helped, yeah, yeah, that that certainly made it. I mean, look, it was seven nothing for Army after the first quarter, right? And then Perry took over in that football game. My God, he's good. He's really good. Well, it's it's all relative, right? 
Yeah, now there were some scouts. Dane Brugel from The Athletic believes that Malcolm Perry's going to get a look. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a quarterback, obviously. Sure. He never threw a pass. The quarterback never threw a single pass uh, in the football game. A combined, what, eight pass attempts, I believe, in the game? No, uh, um yeah, there wasn't many. No, it, it wasn't. Yeah, and they weren't pretty either. I mean, certainly the last one, um, as, as whoever the quarterback at the time was. Six for from Army. Army, one from there you Navy. Go. So seven passes in the football game. And that was on the Philly special. Right. Yeah, that's an excellent point, and that was a hell of a play uh, in Philly. End of the first half, right? And it pushed the total, uh-huh. the first half total, over. Oh, there was a lot of bad beats over oh, the weekend. Oh, Trent, there's a historic bad beat that I happened to be. All the other games were over, and I decided to flip on the very end to San Francisco and Atlanta because I thought there might be a little intrigue in that one. And two touchdowns in eight seconds for Atlanta pushes the total over. We had a similar crazy beat uh, in Philadelphia mm-hmm. earlier. Right, yeah. That one was one that I was on. I was on the Redskins. And Were you on the right or wrong side? I was on the wrong side. Uh-huh. I, I just You throw your hands up. You throw your hands up and say, well, what can you do? It's... This is betting. Isn't gambling fun? <laughs> That's why you don't gamble very much, because the, these are the things that are going to happen to you. You know, I, I saw one of those tickets out there that they seemingly every weekend you're going to find either a sports book or a director or somebody that covers sports wagering, and they'll have the ticket, and it was that. And every other piece right of like a 16 parlay that would have netted $20,000 mm-hmm. on like a 15-bet ticket, and that was the part that didn't come in. Well, there was one at CG... Was there that actually hit oh, on, on going that? over on the Atlanta San Francisco? Oh. It was a nine teamer. Oh, I saw it earlier. Maybe it was Ravel that tweeted it, or uh, who's the other guy? David Purdom is a really good gambling follow uh, if you're into that. One of those two, I think it might have been Purdom had it and posted it uh, here this morning. So there were some good stories, there were some bad stories. Trent happened to have one of them. <laughs> uh, but uh, look at. Just the, the NFL is, is front and center, and I guess we should go back there and start there. Were you, by the way, surprised that NBC decided to stick with the Bears and the Chiefs next Sunday night? And the Bears are eliminated. The they Chiefs are. are playing for seeding. There's still a potential uh, for them to, you know, get the one or the two seed. They're going to need some help. But I would have thought, Trent, that it would have been a look. Philadelphia and Dallas. Aren't the best two teams this year? We know. I believe those are locked in, though. I think that's one that they Fox, couldn't take that one. I believe so. That that Fox then has the control. Answer. Yes, okay. that this is their national game. Those are ones that you can't gotcha. flex into. Your other options taking that one off the board are games like Saints at Tennessee. It's not bad. I it's mean, not Tennessee, bad. Tennessee's got to win this game to make Week Seventeen. But it's uh, still Patrick Mahomes. No, who, I get it. I get it. Household name. Yep. I guess Chicago still the third. No, I, I, I agree. Having having now know what the reason is behind it, mm-hmm. I totally understand it. Yeah, that's the game that since it's the national Fox game, the late afternoon gotcha. window, that's locked in there, and that's not one that can be because flexed. that's a playoff game. Yes. Winner goes to the playoffs, loser gets eliminated. Yes, and the game is in Philadelphia, and it's America's team, and it's another big market in Philly. I thought, wow, they swung and missed at this one. Now I understand. Now, now I, I got hope. It. The hope is is both teams win over the weekend, go 7-7. I love teams with losing records getting in because yeah. I just think it's funny. They have to tie. Right. I might have to look at one of those prop sheets and see right. what, a, what a tie is going to pay me. Well, it's going to be big. It's going to be big. 12-1? to Here, Yeah, some, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, here's the other story. It, this is going to be an awful week for Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. I mean, it's an awful week for Mitchell Trubisky. He is going to hear time after time after time what the Bears could have done in that draft. Mm-hmm. 
right? It's, it's here's why I think the Bears are going to be. I think they can. I will take the points on Sunday night because I believe Mitchell Trubisky's teammates are going to rally around their quarterback, who's just going to have a god awful week. Yes, every national sports show, every TV show, NFL Network is going to rehash and regurgitate what might have been in their respective draft year. They missed. They did. They did. No two ways about it. No, there isn't. There'll be somebody else that'll be brought in this offseason, be it a, a Cam Newton or mm-hmm. See, I didn't whoever think it is. I watched more of, the, um, more of the Packers and the Bears game than I thought they would, knowing it was going up against Denver and Kansas City, and I love snow games. Oh, that was so good. Oh, it was really good. And it was good, you know, just um, the Chiefs are a good football team. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was fun to watch. But I watched a lot of that Packers game. I, there's, I don't want to say it's father time. Aaron Rodgers is not the same dude this year, is he? It's like he's not Philip Rivers at that stage yet. It's like you looked at my notes before we came in because I had the exact same thing. And that, this is a Packers team as whole. I don't think they're very good. Yeah, this isn't me record. being a mean spirited Bears fan that's pissed off my team. That's not what this is. Right. What? Right away when Cordell uh, Cordero Patterson forces the fumble mm-hmm. on the punt that was just an egregious, awful right. call. But they get the ball, the Packers, well, these are the times the Packers, they, they're going to rip your heart out. Aaron Rodgers out there throwing it around, not hitting receiver. It just, he he's not the same guy. He's not the guy that we are used to. Mm-hmm. And this team has Still a Still really good, don't get us wrong. Yes, yes. But is he one of the top three quarterbacks well, in the league? Well, that's just it, because he was in the top three forever. Yes. Right? And, and if he has fallen, that's it's not, a, it's not a precipitous slide. It's not like this guy's completely lost it like Peyton Manning did in his final year. Absolutely. This like is, Tom Brady looks like he is? Yeah, we're starting to see that decline a little bit, I think, in him. And that's what kind of gets your attention. Uh, but look, Green Bay, they're the two seed right now. And and how about the... Look, the, the ending was bad for betters if you had the under. The ending was worse for the San Francisco 49ers football team who fall from the one seed to the five seed based on those eight seconds. I mean, think about that. One final thing in the Bears-Packers game. Okay. Make a pitch. Oh, my God. You pitch it to Allen Robinson. He's wide open, Trent. There's nobody over there. Now, they still would have had to get the two-point conversion to send the game to overtime. But But if you're holding the Bears ticket plus four and a half, regardless, you cash it there. Oh, man. One more pitch. Yeah. And as they're they're drawing that up, they're making that final play instead of throwing it in the end zone, just dump it there a little straight. I was surprised. To Cohen, I'm like, whoa. Right. And then Trubisky who gets up. Who called there. the game? Because whoever was calling the you know who it was? It was um It was Charles, Charles Davis. Charles Davis, yeah. Because yeah. he was when there was nine seconds left, he thought they would run a play first of all. Mm-hmm. No, you're not gonna run a play. You're gonna throw the ball in the end zone twice. Mm-hmm. They did it the first time and then the guy when, got his hand on it too. And he did. Yes he did. He With did. Ridley. Um, right, is it is it bounced off over the top of the pile? That was a nearly impossible catch, though. The, sure, just the speed that it was coming off the deflection there, but it stayed up in the air it for did. a brief minute. Yep. But then when they tried that at the end, and 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 you're you're 100 right. Uh, Robinson was all by himself, and Cohen's sneaking up behind, and he's probably going to. Well, we don't know yeah. because we it it didn't happen. It that didn't way. happen. But it was a it was a pretty good ending uh, in that football game. Um, San Francisco, though, as you were saying. Kittle's block, by the way. Got to talk about the Pancake City. And then chuckling about it. Mm -hmm. He just, he's such an easy guy to root for. I I don't know how you don't, Trent. I really, well, I do know how you don't. If you're an Iowa State fan, you're probably still having trouble unless you're a hardcore Niner. You could have had him. 
A lot of teams could have. <laughs> could have had him. Every single one of them could have. He's going to Utah State. Yes. And if his name last name's not yeah. Kittle and his dad's not who his mm-hmm. dad is, mm-hmm. he would have been at Utah State or Air Force. Those were his two options coming out of high school. But Iowa had an open crazy. spot. Let's give him a shot. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he'll be he'll be like a lot of people thought he was going to be like Jacob Hillier. Remember him? Yes. Big yeah. wide receiver. Yeah. Because he didn't think that a guy that two hundred and eight pounds is going to be able to maybe fill out to be a oh. tight end. He filled out. He filled out in a big Look, way. Um, the the it was Dan Fouts, who's obviously got a really good football mind, mm-hmm. right? He uh, throughout the entire you know every time Travis Kelsey caught a pass, which was a bunch yesterday. I mean a ton. Kept referring to him as the best tight end of the game. Mm. And look at I. You, you, there's going to be a lot of Travis. If we put this up for a vote, there'd be a lot of Travis Kelsey love throughout the league. Sure. I'd rather have George Kittle. It's not not because of the age difference in the two. Um, Though that plays a part too. Sure, but Kittle, <laughs> Trent, that is unbelievable to watch him do uh, what he did. Uh, so this week we'll get into the Bulls. Uh, at some point, we're going to try and get somebody on to opine on Notre Dame. Did you see the Camping World Bowl? Boy, they know who they, they know who their audience is. Did you see the tweet that they said? I think it's Soundoff retweeted it. So where I saw loaded it. up on Bushlight. Pallet upon pallet of bush light is descending upon Orlando. I guess it's arrived uh, for them to take that picture. Picture rather, uh, it's here. I mean, bowl week is upon us. It's not the best week of bowls, but at least bowl week is upon us. So we'll do something on the uh, bowls. We'll get a Notre Dame guy in here. We'll do likewise with USC as both teams will be departing for their respective uh, bowl destinations this weekend. I'm sure the fan bases won't be far behind. Uh, have you heard numbers travel wise or Hawkeye fans? I hadn't heard this? anything. Yeah, I, I was uh, looking. I saw one of the message board. I think it was Tom's board, Tom Kakert, Hawkeye report. Somebody asked, "Have you heard anything?" And normally at this time, that's when you start to hear. And since we haven't, does that say something? I, I don't know. You know, one thing that uh, over the years that I have noticed is pretty much all my friends, even you know people that have very high priority for season tickets. Mm-hmm. They don't buy tickets through the university anymore. No, because of crappy tickets. They're awful right. tickets every single time. Absolutely. And people have wised up and said, yes, I understand it helps the athletic department, yeah. all these things, but I want to sit in a good seat. Right, and you've helped the athletic department year after year right. after year yes. with the purchase of your tickets and whatever your Is there your something else you need to donation. subsidize? Yeah, you're going to sit and you want to sit. You want to have good seats. You're right. following your team. You're spending a lot of money to get down there. I'm with you. I never understood the, uh, you know, for, for starters, I, I don't understand why they get the bad block of tickets or seats that they do? Because it's the tickets that they can't normally sell. I guess. So they say, hey, you guys sell them. Good luck They'll to you. They'll buy anything. Right. They're <laughs> they're the alumni. They're the people buying the tickets. They're the ones that'll have to sit in the crappy seats. I never understood it. Remember my first bowl game ever, the old one, Alamo Bowl? It was that. One of our good friends, I was a student at the time, mm-hmm. and they say, hey, we got our season ticket package, and we get mm-hmm. these. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. So you go, and then we're in the corner. Sitting in the middle corner there uh, up at the Alamo Bowl. It just it worked great seas. Not what I was anticipating going into it. And from there, you wise up. And I'm trying to think the last few times. The Rose Bowl, I didn't use the our priority to get tickets. Got Where did you sit else. at the Rose Bowl? We, uh, Tom Arnold was like four rows in front of us. We were like... What yard line were you at? 40. Were you, were you really? And the like 12th row. On the, really on the press seat. box side or on yes, the other side? press box side. Okay. Really good seats. We got yeah. the hook up there for that one. So that, but if that's what you want to do, and mm-hmm. I'm going to the Rose Bowl, maybe for the only time in my life, I don't want to sit in the upper corner. 
Yeah, I'm with you, Trent. Uh, I'll never forget it. The 30 minutes of football that I saw before he jumped in the car and went home. It was so bad. <laughs> but uh, just getting there, right? Right. You're just seeing it for the first time, seeing the sign. As much as anything, the sign on the stadium with the roses. I mean, mm-hmm. you see it in every you know, every ad, banner ad or anything like that and be able to just to see that and the area of Pasadena that it's in. Um, yeah, pretty special. And putting up the bleachers along the parade route in the week. Because mm-hmm. when did you get there? I was there. I took the week before off. Okay. And we had gone. Where did we rent a? We, we you know, we like to go to California and rent a beach house normally at Chris. We were in Oxnard. Oxnard, okay. Uh, which where was the Cowboys, the Cowboys right? train. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then I think Christmas Day we moved into L.A., you know, Pasadena. Mm-hmm. Um what was that? What's the what's the area we stay in? Arcadia, Arcadia, California. Arcadia, right. by the horse track, right? right by Santa Anita, about a yeah. mile from Santa Anita, at the uh, Embassy Suites. Correct. Yes. The price of the embassy was like one hundred and fifty a night or whatever, and then two days before the game, it jumped to like seven fifty a night or something crazy like that. I guess you can get it. You do it right. That's how you do it, yeah. no doubt, and uh, quite the experience. You ever go back again? Bio makes another Rose Bowl. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I don't know what's el- what else is out there. Uh, would I go to a Sugar Bowl with if I was steak out there? Probably. I love New Orleans. I love New Orleans too. I saw my. I've seen uh, soft Super Bowl there. Super Bowl thirty one. Packers Patriots playoff game regardless. Yeah. If one of the teams oh, gets sure. to the semifinal. Oh, absolutely. It doesn't matter if it's nope. a Fiesta Bowl and nope. a Peach or whatever. Yep. Just have to make that happen. Right. The Sugar Bowl would be one, just mm-hmm. because it is New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I have no desire to. I've, I've been to you know the Fiesta Bowl, the site of the yeah. Fiesta Bowl. Been to the Orange Bowl. Yep. Um, Jerry's World for a Cotton Bowl. It's got to have a local tie or a semifinal tie. Right. See, Peralta and I got there on Big Twelve Media Days. I don't remember what year it was. It'd probably be easy to look up. It, they were just about to cut the ribbon. Uh, on whatever the first season that the Cowboys played in that building. And the Big 12 Media Day was actually held in Dallas, and they took all of the media via charter and gave us a tour. And, it was, and of course, the scoreboard was on, so you're able to look up and see what's going on there. And uh, that was pretty special. But, yeah, I think the um, – I would go back to the Rose Bowl. Definitely go back to the uh, get to the Sugar Bowl if there's that opportunity. And well, don't forget about the Las Vegas Bowl. A Trent, it's coming, tie-in. Trent. It's it's coming next year. Yes, next year the Pac-12 Championship's going to be there next Belt year. Bowl in Charlotte. You know what? I would go to that. I've never been to North or South Carolina. Oh, okay. And I don't know why. Cross always, one off the list. Yeah, I've always yeah. wanted to get to one of those two states. Uh, Bama Bob joins the program as we uh, take a few minutes to, uh, to look back at uh, a really special day: Army and Navy. Uh, as they played for the, what was it, the 120th time. And, uh, you know, the game itself, I'm with Trent, you know, just because I had a side. But Bama, watching Malcolm Perry, as we talked about on Friday, there just seemed like there was going to be very little chance that this guy was going to see his career go out uh, not beating Army. And he took it upon himself uh, to lead those <laughs> midshipmen, did he not? That was unbelievable. Yeah, he did. That was special, Ken. And, you know, I was listening to Gary Danielson during the game, and I think he's right. I think this kid's going to get a shot at the next. Yeah, level. I do I don't, too. I don't. I don't think it won't be as a quarterback. Right. Obviously, I mean, he did not throw a pass in the game. It's crazy. Navy threw one pass, which was the Philly special, which I guess now they're calling Navy Navy. I, think, I mean, I don't know. You know, one one attempt, one completion, one yard, one touchdown. That was their the extent of their passing game. But 
uh, yeah, he just took that game over in, in a variety of ways. It was fun. Um, I hope he does get a shot at the next level. Uh, I know they've changed the rules. Well, they changed where... it on Saturday, Bama, and this is as close as I'm ever going to get to politics on this program but because it is sports-related. The president in the locker yeah. room prior to the game, he signed, I guess, I mean, I, I'm way over the tips of my skis here, right? But whatever yeah. he has to sign to make it law, these kids can now play before they're required to do their service to the country. So if they've got an opportunity to play pro, they can do that yeah. prior to their, you know, their mandatory service. Uh, yes, and I, I, that's what I was just alluding to, and I, I, I think it's great. And I'm with you. Stay, the, 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 the person who signed it, keep it out of the equation. I think it's a great thing. I do, too. Kids. Um, I know they made an exception years and years ago, I think, with David Robinson. I think, I think it allowed him to go straight into the NBA, and then I, he fulfilled his commitment mm-hmm. or – he fulfilled it while he was doing it or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he was really the first. I mean, Roger Staubach, if you want to go way back, uh, you know, to Navy um, more. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's a great idea. And I think it's one of those things that if you have a chance to, to have a professional athletic career, uh, I, I think it's a great thing for you to be able to do that initially. Because, I mean, let's face it, especially a guy like Malcolm Perry, because if he – you know, if he goes in and, and he serves his four years, he comes out. I mean, he well, he's not going to be a high round draft right. pick. He might not even get drafted, but he's going to be a practice squad player or a chance to have a career. Nope. If he comes back in four years, nope. he's forgotten about. Yep. I mean, that goes away. So your commitment, you can always honor that commitment. I think, and and I understand why you have to honor it because I mean, you're basically getting a free education. Everybody else does, yeah. For, yeah, exactly. For you know, for service to the country, and and but I, I think it's a great idea. I, I do, I do like that. And but you, in terms of of what he did Saturday, oh. that, that was just that was just really, I mean, incredibly special. Was it uh, Napoleon Kaufman? What, what was the guy? The running back? Yes, Napoleon. Yeah, no, no, I think absolutely. it was. I think it was with the Raiders. He yes. had probably four yeah. or five years that he ended up in the league, but he had to get a special exempt, exemption for it. And isn't there a Raven right now that was drafted? Like maybe a long snap? Yeah, uh, Keaton uh, Reynolds. That should have been yes, yeah. finished yes. fifth in the Heisman right. three years ago. Been a while. Yep. Villanueva for the Steelers. Yeah, was a there's a good one. Heart, yeah. Left mm-hmm. tackle. I mean, same thing. So there's there's a few of them out there and. Again, I mean, they, it's not a lot, and it's never going to be a lot, but I just think it's a great idea when, you know, if, if a kid can have a professional career, and, and listen, let's face it, I mean, the career they've chosen is, is, is a fantastic one, but it's, it's probably not going to include life-changing money, and <laughs> I don't think that Malcolm Perry necessarily will get life-changing money, but you don't know. I mean, you just look at what Lamar Jackson has done, and you just, you know, he, he can – if if a kid can earn two or three million dollars, you know, early on in his life and, and then honors commitment, I just think it's I, I think we're I think it's a good thing to to allow that to happen and um anyway, good on him and, and really I mean a fun game and again the end of that game oh my. choked me up every me too. time. Me too. I mean, I don't care when when they both can you imagine and I'm just relating to what I know down here, I, I just cannot fathom Auburn or Alabama going to the other team sideline yeah. <laughs> singing their alma mater. Yeah. I mean, come on. But right. it's just we talked about it Friday. I mean it's it's just the respect that these two academies have for each other. They're competitive on the field. You know, you saw a couple old dust ups, but nothing major. And it, I think at the end of the day it's just the the, the discipline and the respect mm-hmm. and 
you know, listen, we lost the game, and now we got to go listen to their damn fight song. You, you, you never know, want to sing second. You never. You always want to sing second. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, you always want to sing yeah. second, never first. But you know, you do it, and you just—it's just part of it. And oh my god, it's just great. Just absolutely, just gives me a lump every time. These two programs, we've seen Army the last two years really close, beating Michigan, Oklahoma the year previous, Navy another ten win season for them. They've been on the cusp, but that breakthrough moment. I mean, with the triple option and some of the goofiness that we've seen, even these really good teams, the Navy this year is a really good team. Can we see Navy run the table? Or is there just over the course of, for them, a 13-game schedule? Is it too much? Is it just nearly impossible to be nearly perfect and not throw the football and, and win 13 straight? And for them to get to a New Year's Six day, is it impossible for either of these programs? Yeah, I, I would say it's impossible. I think it's very difficult because there's so many factors. And, you know, I, listen, when they scared the bejesus out of Oklahoma, or I think Navy actually beat Notre Dame a few years yeah, back. Yeah, they did. Which, mm-hmm. was, a, which yep. was a huge deal. And, you know, running the table, and I think it's just it's just the attrition as you go through a season, just like every other team. And, you know, these are not – hell, these might not even be two-star players for all we know. Uh, and, and we talk about – the the problem is is generally for these teams is defensively. You know they're always going to come up against better athletes. Okay, I mean that's just ninety nine percent of the time that's that's going to be the case. Um, defensively, can they stop people? And we both know when they get if they do get behind in a game, they're I mean it is so hard for them to catch no up. Question. The way they run, the way both these teams run that triple option, though, it, it, I, and you you want to listen to somebody as as good as Nick Saban talk about how, because Georgia Southern, they played it, you know, them and they run it just not quite as well. And he talks about it, it is just so hard to defend because you get caught up pursuing and, you know, you have to be so disciplined defending it and it's hard to do. And that's why they win so many games. And, uh, I think they're, I think Navy's in the right conference. I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like, I, I just think, you know, obviously they can compete in that one. Uh, I'm going to unload on them in my bowl confidence pool, Bama. They play K State. I'm unloading on them. Yeah, I do. I just, I look again. Now, K State will have a month to get ready. That's for true. Two, three weeks, whatever it is. Yeah. But um, I mean, athletically, that's probably a team they can they can line up with. Um, but again, in terms of running the table, thirteen and zero, New Year's yeah. Six, all that kind of thing, it's going to be so hard because just because. You know, defensively, when they get behind, they they can't catch up. Well, and the clock's going to be running too, Bama. Happen in a couple games. Yeah, the clock's always running. You're absolutely right. I mean, now listen, when they can impose their will and have these twelve, thirteen, fourteen play drives that eat up eight, nine minutes, and then you know get a three and out or a fumble or turnover, whatever. That's that's how they win. And you know, all, all that aside, I mean, to me, this this is just this is the absolute best standalone game of the season. And I know we have our favorite rivalries and everything, but. For for a one off, it's just great, and I just love how they. We talked about it Friday. No NFL, no ball game. Yeah. We had a couple FCS teams, which I understand, you know, in the playoffs, and I, I get that. But man, for one day, network television, CBS. I mean, it just doesn't get any better. No, it doesn't. Monkman and Niamata Tololo. I just butchered it, but the respect that they have right. to each other for each other, uh, not lost on anybody. Bama, we're out of time. We'll talk Friday. One of the topics: a lot of these guys are a lot of these guys that are going to the NFL. Jerry Judy, uh, a yep. bunch of them. We're playing in these bowl games. Good news. Derek for the, Brown. For, yes, yep, Derek Brown, Brown from Auburn. Hey, I'm in. Yes. Yep. Good absolutely. point. So, so that'll be one of the topics. Very good news.
Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk Friday, Bama. Thank you. Have a great week. Yep, you too. Look forward to it. Yep, thanks, buddy. Bama Bob, uh, as we recap, Army-Navy. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic is next. Boy, The Athletic's got their holiday sale. Two ninety nine a month. That's the one. That's the one that I always jump on when I see that. Two ninety nine. Thirty six bucks for the year. If you haven't done so already, and mm-hmm. look, I get everybody's different, right? Thirty six bucks. Thirty six bucks. It's um, it is so worth it if you're a sports fan. It's the future. We do not get paid to promote the athletic. We both spend uh, our own cash subscribing and uh, better off for it. We'll take a time out. Scott Dockerman is here. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News at 11. Dylan Mons from the Ames Tribune on Iowa State at 1125. Trent and I until noon. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 14 Sano. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more. From 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you until noon. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News, top of the hour. Uh, and then about 11.25, Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune. Right now, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. As we mentioned, two ninety nine per month. If you're looking to buy yourself a Christmas present, uh, that would be a good uh, use of your, what, 36 bucks a month or whatever it works out to, or a year, rather. Uh, two ninety nine a month. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Doc, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Doc. How are you? I am well, Ken. It's good to talk to you. I missed you. Yes, absolutely. Hey, you know what? You and I are both uh, war buffs, if you will. 75 years ago today, Battle of the Bulge, maybe the, as, as a lot of folks call it, the uh, the, the uh, most historic battle of World War II, as far as the Americans were concerned. It's an incredible story. If you watch Band of Brothers, that episode, to me, uh, is probably right there at the top. But 75 years ago, Doc. That is incredible, and yeah, as you mentioned, uh, you know the the Bastone part yep. of that uh, that series was just amazing, and uh, you know, and and I always get you know goosebumps, teary eyed when I listen to the veterans talk about Me their too. experiences from place like that, and uh, whenever I, one of the veterans said, you know, every time it's really cold, I yeah. say, well, it's just not like it was at Bastone and, uh, and during the Battle of the Bulge, and it's just yeah, it was it was definitely in a, one of the very true must-win situations in the history of the world. <laughs> That's for sure. Wonderfully victorious. Absolutely. Well, Doc, let's get uh, let's get to here and now. We'll talk uh, football. We'll talk basketball with you. So give us an idea, Doc. The, uh, the team is going to travel. I'm pretty sure I saw this on Saturday the 21st. The team will head to San Diego. Uh, when will they start practicing out there, and when will you, as the Iowa media, get there to chronicle it for us uh, back home here in Iowa? We don't have the exact schedule yet, but they, yes, they do fly out on Saturday, and I'm not sure exactly if they will. Uh, I, I don't. I imagine Saturday they won't do anything that day, but you know, perhaps on Sunday they might get out and move a little bit, and, and maybe practice Monday and Tuesday, and make it somewhat like a game week. Uh, you know, myself, I'm going to get out there on next uh, Monday, so uh, you know, hopefully we'll have some some interesting uh, interactions. I know. I think they get to see. Uh, one of the battleships out there, and then I also um, I'm pretty sure that they're going to the zoo, whereas USC is going to Sea World. Scott Doctor, been joining us here. Sea World at the forefront. What are you going to be hitting up? Craft beer tents? Is that what you're looking for? 
<laughs> you know, that that one's just not quite as me as other people. Yeah, yeah I probably will try some. No doubt about it. You're in San Diego. It's a beautiful place. It is. Wonderful beer. So, I, yeah, I definitely will have a few while I'm out there, you know, to celebrate the holidays and the holiday bowl. So, yeah, I'm... But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get too crazy, though. Well, this USC team comes into it certainly a different kind of perspective. Clay Helton. A lot of people feel a lame duck coach already going into the 2020 season. What about the players? Have you heard any rumblings? A lot of times, a win-win for the Gipper, whatever it may be. This is our guy. This is our coach for next year. Anything coming out from the players' perspective? Is that something probably you'll start to zero in when you get there to San Diego? Yeah, not yet. I mean, they're just gonna they're just starting practice now at USC, and there hasn't been any kind of rallying cry or anything. I mean, I, I kind of think that Clay Hilton, it's 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 really kind of a an odd situation where he's 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 gonna feel like he's perpetually a lame duck, and, yep. and it goes back to the '90s. It reminds me of Wayne Fonts with the Detroit Lions, mm-hmm. where he just wins enough just to mm-hmm. stay, but they're really good enough but no i i guess so we'll find out a little bit more once we get out there and you know an eight and four record for usc isn't bad uh but yet again it does seem like that team has a little bit more potential offensively they were able to make a lot of good things happen defensively uh they, you know they're a little suspect so i i don't know exactly what kind of mood they're going to be in if they're going to be playing that card or if they're just going to be out playing for themselves so it, it's always a fascinating uh situation when you get into the bowls because you just don't know what the mindset of teams are yeah no doubt about it their best win clearly was that friday night win over uh, utah who utah was i want to say they were unbeaten at the time in fact they were because that was their only loss in, uh, prior to the pac-12 championship close loss to notre dame ironically notre dame usc the two bowl opponents for the two in-state teams so there's you know that's something that you can take a look at but slovis is a is a really good quarterback as you know doc just a freshman really talented um, Michael Pittman Jr., you probably remember his dad in the NFL with Tampa, with the, with the Broncos, played a long time. Pittman is a load. He's going to play. He's come out, as Epinesa has done, and say he's also going to participate. Uh, but Pittman is as well. Slovis and Pittman, there's the combination that I think can do the most damage uh, to what is a really good Iowa defense. That is going to be the key right there for Iowa's defense is to slow them down. I mean, Slovis had 515 yards against UCLA, four touchdowns. But uh, UCLA was as bad as uh, any defense really that I'd seen on on film, and and I'm not I'm not suggested at all that this was some sort of fluke. But I was really shocked by what I saw out of UCLA. I mean, it was, uh, and then uh, but Pittman is as advertised. I, I kind of compared him to a combination of Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson, mm-hmm. just in a skill set. He is elite talent. He's one that's to be first round type talent and probably you know, NFL starter and, and high-level starter for a long time. So, uh, you know, and then they've also got other guys. I mean, you know, against UCLA, they had four of them get 100 yards, which is just incredible. And uh, so that stopping their passing game is going to be critical. Iowa needs to get uh, rush the passer. And if they can do that, then they're going to be fine because they've been able to, to – they might give up a big play or two, but they traditionally don't give up nine big plays in a game. And they don't <laughs> – you know, so I think that Iowa has the capabilities of slowing down USC. USC doesn't run the ball really that well, so they can turn them into a one-dimensional set. And and if that's the case, even though Austin Jackson's a tremendous left tackle, 
I'd still give the edge to A.J. Epineza. Doc, uh, Ken posed earlier today, and I hadn't heard anything, so let's go to a, a good source, not like me, and that is you. Bowl sales for the tickets, have you heard anything? We haven't seen a release, at least, from the athletic department. Have you heard how sales are going? Are they brisk? Are they struggling? How many people are going to be buying their tickets through the athletic department? Uh, you, you've, you've got me at the wrong time on this one, Trent. <laughs> I haven't really checked or anything. I mean, you know, and we get an update on a lot of this stuff about 1 o'clock. So oh, okay. Yeah. okay good. Early. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be having more information available later this afternoon. But as of right now, I mean, we, we haven't seen any press releases like we've seen from Ames where they've already sold out their allotment. I'm sure uh, there's going to be a heavy secondary market in the Orlando area. We haven't heard anything like that in San Diego. It's a little more difficult to get to San Diego than it is Orlando. So I would imagine that uh, you know they're they're going to probably eat some tickets, but not that many. I don't. I think there is you know some enthusiasm for this game, this matchup, and this destination. Yeah, San Diego, special place, no doubt about it. Scott Dockerman from the Athletic. Doc, what will you do? I want to get into a couple of pieces that you've written here within the last week, uh, both of which I thought were very uh, formal. Um, so what well you know let's just go let's just start right there because I don't want to run out of time your, your piece on the, the the practices that I was going to get and the the players that could benefit the most of it give us the you know the, the two maybe at the top of that list for you uh, that we're going to these guys are going to be asked to play important roles next year who would be at the top of that list uh, from your piece uh, from last week and it has you have to start with uh, with with Spencer Petras. I mean, he's the number two quarterback. They're going to be losing a quarterback. So uh, that, to me, he's the one that really has to take that step forward. And, uh, you know, and he has. He's won a competition. He's the number two mm-hmm. quarterback for uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes. And in the summer, he was part, you know, 2B. So he won a competition. And I think this is another chance for him to kind of take that step forward because, you know, starting next year, he's, he's going to have to, to be the man there. Now, you know, there are several others who kind of need to take that spot, but, you know, one other one that I will go to is uh, Jack Plum. You know, he's a the offensive tackle. We don't know yet the status on Tristan Wirfs and Alaric Jackson for, for next year and beyond, but, but I, I mean, it's, it's just it's likely that you would imagine both, if not at least one, leaving for the NFL. So Iowa has to have, you know, a couple of tackles ready, and Mark Kallenberger seems to fit that. He has played he has started games at guard and he's got a bigger body now jack plum is trying to get there he's a redshirt freshman really long arms great athletic body uh a basketball player that had division one offers uh post player but he's still trying to get physically ready enough to bash in the in the big 10 so i think this is a critical juncture for him as is the next uh weightlifting session so uh, you know, the building part from January through March. So I, I think this is going to be a critical part of his season. Uh, the other one that I wanted to get to, and uh, of course, was the emergence of Amir Smith-Marset this year. I thought he had a really good year. I know uh, over the weekend I saw your tweet that uh, I would name their MVPs defensively and offensively, Epinesa and Stanley on offense. I thought Smith-Marset had a terrific year, maybe could have been in that conversation as far as you know what he brought to the offense. Uh, he really took some giant steps forward, Doc, and I get that it's a really deep receiver class this year, and size-wise, maybe he's not what you know, NFL teams are salivating over, but at the same time, uh, he had a great year. And uh, you know, where would this team be without what he did this year? 
I said before the season that I think Brandon Smith's most important player for the passing game, and Amir Smith most said is most important for the total offense. And uh, and it's because of what he can do and stretch the field and make big chunk plays. And uh, you know he's one of only five Iowa receivers under Kirk Ferentz to have 40 catches and average 16-plus yards per catch. That's really impressive. And his kick return skills, and although this year it was kind of subdued until the Nebraska game, he ranks second in Big Ten history in, in return yardage you know, per, per return. So he is an essential part of this offense. And I think what's really turned the corner for him is his ability to catch the ball with his hands. He, was, uh, he dropped a lot of passes in the past, and he was really not – uh, a consistent enough player. And, and in the offseason, he got called out for that a little bit. But then he came back and, and has been just a, and a very important part of this uh, team. And, and and going forward, yeah, one more year. I, I can't imagine he would leave. In fact, I don't think no. he set in his paperwork. Right. Uh, and he's not, if he's going to, if he get drafted, he's in a danger zone. Uh, but, you know, next year, you never know. He might have a. Uh, Texas quarterback Deuce Hogan throwing him a pass or two, or uh, Spencer Petras. Yeah, you wrote about Deuce today at The Athletic. Looking forward to getting into that one. Hey, final thing, Doc, from me, and that's uh, over to a little basketball a week off for the team after the victory against Iowa State at Cincinnati. A Cincinnati team that came in preseason top 15. They just lost to Colgate. They're going the wrong way here in the non-conference portion of the schedule. But your perception of the squad, how it's changed as we wait the decision from Jordan Bohannon, but from where they were just over a month ago against DePaul to where this basketball team is today. It's really been an incredible turnaround, and in a month's time, I can I can honestly say this, after being on the tarmac when Fran McCaffrey arrived in Iowa City 10 years ago, that I think this is his best coaching job mm-hmm. so far. Yep. Um, they are, uh, on offense, You know, they're the, this is the best pure perimeter shooting team he's had. They're attacking with confidence. Uh, they remind me a lot of Wisconsin a few years ago with Frank Kaminsky. That's who I would probably put uh, Luca Garza reminds me of in style of play. They have great ball movement. They do a lot of really good things offensively, and, and this was something we thought that was, they were going to be challenged with. I certainly thought they were going to be challenged with because of their guard play, but yet they're able to come up and do you know some play some really good games on offense, move the ball well, find the open shooter, knock down shots, and then, you know, Luca Garza has just been a force in the middle. Now they've got some significant challenges on defense, and that's going to be exploited all season long. But I think what we saw the other day, I mean, I was in a, in a bar in Frisco, Texas, watching the, watching the Iowa State game after I interviewed Deuce Hogan, and I was blown away. I did not expect that in the least at Hilton Coliseum to see what I saw out of Iowa. And, uh, again, the way they attacked, the fearlessness that they attacked with, the confidence they displayed – that to me, you know, suggests that this is a is a pretty good team, and it's a pretty good coaching effort. So I really think this is a you know this is I'm not going to you know predict anything for the year, but I would just say right now that uh, this is the most mentally tough. Iowa team I've seen in a long, long time. And that conference too, Doc. I mean, look at we. I saw Ohio State get beat. We saw Purdue get beat or upset in both cases yesterday. The home court has been so important through the month of December for these Big Ten tilts. But this conference, my God, uh, you know, when when you get the bottom, uh, re, you know, rising up and, and and picking off teams like they have done, we thought that the bottom was going to be pretty weak. You know, Rutgers, they're they're right in the thick of things. They look like they've got a pulse, and boy, this conference is going to be fun to watch in uh, January, February, and into March. Without a doubt. I mean, right now, everybody but one, every every matchup, the, the home team is one. I mean, every 12 of the 14 teams are one and one, 
And the other game is what tonight, a Michigan State. Yeah, Northwestern. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, that's incredible. Yes. I mean, what, what what we saw with Minnesota last week, they were dreadful at Iowa. Mm-hmm. I mean, just brutal. Iowa crushes them by 20. Then they beat undefeated uh, Ohio State by 13 at home. It's just uh, it's, it's wild. Uh, it's going to be wild since it's a 20-game slate. Uh, so I, I think that everybody should be pretty amped to see what's going to go on in, uh, in in basketball this year. It's going to be a hell of a fight right to the end. Doc, well, uh, Merry Christmas. We won't talk to you since you're traveling on Monday. We'll be on the air on the 26th, so we'll reach out and bother you. Uh, we'll be early in the morning. Well, not early in the morning, but uh, you get my point with the two-hour time difference. Merry Christmas to you and yours, Doc. We will try, we'll talk to you uh, when you're in San Diego. Safe trip, my friend. Okay, thank you so much, and Merry Christmas to both of you as Take well. care. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic, two ninety nine a month sale going on right now at theathletic.com. We'll come back, we'll wrap up the hour. Vinny Iyer starts the 11. Dylan Montz on Iowa State at 11.25. Trent and I until noon. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Get hope, Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Con to Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. With you here until uh, noon. Trent, we only have a couple of minutes. Elijah Sindelar, Purdue quarterback, is calling into career. Yeah, a little bit surprised there. Got a six-year of eligibility mm-hmm. from the NCAA. but Jack Plummer, pretty good player. <laughs> it's not a bad backup plan to have going yeah. into his sophomore year. He was impressive at times. A but guy... what might have been with Sindelar, though? Cause yeah, million-dollar arm. He did, and he was always hurt, Trent. His Ten entire, Yeah, his entire career. Right? Blau and Sindelar, that was a pretty good combination. And I think this Purdue team's going to be good next year. They return year. a ton. They do return a ton. That'll be one of the teams we'll spend focusing on, I would think, when college football and Big Ten West rolls around at some point from before next August. But enough to get over the hump, enough to call them well, like one know, of the yeah. favorites. Is Wisconsin moving? Right. I mean, it's, yeah, they can win seven, eight games, mm-hmm. but that next step, and it, this kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with Iowa State. It's one thing to get to this level. Purdue's got to a level, not quite what Iowa State's done, but that next step up that rung. Could they be Minnesota? This year's Minnesota, I mean? I can't even see 10 wins. Oh, and I mean, yeah, I just, not necessarily next year, but you know, every now and then. Yeah, we'll see. Anyways, uh, we'll have a lot of time to discuss this, sadly. Yes. <laughs> we got college hoops uh, going on and the newest net ratings. So are your out. biggest takeaway from that is what? I mean, uh, can, uh, localizing it. Where, where's Northern Iowa? They're at 28. They're they the have to be. highest ranked Big Four team right now. They check in at 28. The Again, this is in place of the RPI. Mm-hmm. This is the new system that went into place a year ago. Basically melding analytical numbers, the Ken Palms of the world, and the RPI, which is a scheduled base system. This is combining them together, and you come up with this. You and I at 28, Iowa at 33, mm-hmm. Iowa State at 82. Mm, got some work to do. A lot of work to do. That number certainly more significant. I anticipated they were going to be maybe in the 60s somewhere. Kind of look into some other numbers. That's a lot of work you're going to have to do. You know, a lot of years... Well, it's good enough. You go about 500 in the Big Te- Big 12, you're going to be okay. Not with this start. We will uh, get into the NFL to start the 11 o'clock hour. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News is going to be here. Dylan Mont, speaking of Iowa State, he covers them. But 11.25, he will check in. Mr. Monday Night's got some work to do. He's only got two Monday nights left tonight. 
Colts, Saints, week from tonight. Packers, Vikings, yes please. Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.